0: Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Good morning. Very nice to see everybody here today. So today we're finishing our service, um, our series on miracles. This is number four. And today I'm going to be speaking on Jesus turning water into wine. But the first question I'd like to ask is, what is a miracle? Is it God breaking into our world? God just breaks in. I don't think so, because Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains. Or if you're older... The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I believe that God is involved in our world all the time. He's involved in all circumstances and all situations. So I dug out a description of what a... Here we go. Sean will dig it out for me. So what is a miracle? This is what Wayne Grunem says. He says, A miracle is a less common kind of God's activity in which he arouses people's awe and bears witness to himself. It's quite a mouthful. Let me read that again. A miracle is a less common kind of God's activity in which he arouses people's awe to bear witness to himself. Now that is all the theology that you are going to get this morning. Unfortunately, because as John Wimber once said, when are we going to start doing the stuff? See, last week, Simon spoke. um, The seconds we were at the first service and we watched the second service later on video. And Simon said this as we watched the video. He said, I have never seen two groups of people so respond to the spirit like you guys have today. I am really encouraged that God has got something for us. So keep asking. Now, Simon, how long have you been a Christian? 1989. 1989. And how many conferences and big church bashes have you been to in that time? A A fair few. And yet Simon said, I have never seen two groups of people so respond to the Spirit like you guys have today. Isn't that encouraging? We thank God for the conferences and and the big things that happen. That's really fantastic. I believe God's heart is that we see God break out in the local church when we're in fellowship with one another. And this morning, I just really want to pick up on that. I don't want this just to be a preach, but for the whole morning, just to continue where we've been in worship, just to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to each one of us. So, you might just want to close your eyes for a moment. Maybe open your hands if if you're comfortable with that. Are you looking to Jesus for a miracle today? Are you looking for breakthrough? Then, Father, we simply ask you, Lord, would you give us more of you? Father, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? would you minister to us right now? Jesus, walk amongst us. Manifest your glory. Lord God, would you perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, that we may glorify and worship and follow you alone. Almighty God of compassion, we humbly ask, Come by your Holy Spirit, Jesus, would you speak to me this morning? I just stay in that place of receiving as I read the word, because everything we do must be based on the Word of God. We move in the spirit, we can get emotions can run, but we base it all on God's Word. John chapter 2, verse 1, says this. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone pots, water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Jesus said to them, now draw some and take it out, take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water that had become wine, and he did not know from where it had come, although the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did in Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Father, breath of God, we ask, would you continue to breathe upon us? Continue, Lord Jesus, to minister to us, we pray. Now, we're told that this was Jesus's first miracle. Now, I think that's a bit strange because if I was going to start with miracles, I'd start with raising the dead or, or healing the blind. And yet here, Jesus has been invited to this natural celebration, and yet the wine has run out. So, so why did the wine run out? Was, was it bad planning? Culturally in those days, not to provide wine for your guests was a very shameful thing within that community. But in another way, running out of wine wasn't exactly a a matter of life and death. But Jesus is ready to step in when he doesn't really need to. He used human error or possibly even poor planning to display his glory. Maybe the wedding party didn't deserve Jesus to bail him out, and yet he came and he rescued the situation. And I just wonder... Have you made errors? I know I have. Have you failed to plan? Do you face the consequence of maybe not using lockdown time as as well as maybe you should have? And yet maybe today Jesus, in his amazing grace, wants to step in with an unnecessary miracle for you to display his pleasure and his glory. And that will cause many to put their faith in him. You can ask for him something very simple, and yet you'd be amazed. Others will see that, and it will cause glory and praise to go to God. John chapter 2, verse 3, it says this. Have I gone the wrong way? There we go. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now I'm fascinated by the interaction relationship between Mary and Joseph in this story. Mary knew before the birth of Jesus at his delivery when they went to the temple when he was a young boy. She knew that he was very special. She knew that he was set apart by God. And we're told that she stored many of these glorious stories and promises in her heart. Yet now, does she overstep the mark by asking Jesus to sort out this problem? Surely, she thinks, Jesus, this is your opportunity to shine. She's seen him grow. She knows that he's destined for greatness. Surely, son, Now is your time. I know you can sort this out. I don't know how, but I know you can do it. Now, Jesus' response to her is absolutely fascinating. He literally says to her, what to me to you? Strange thing to say. Uh, And it's a Jewish idiom. It's hard to completely unpack. But in a nutshell, Jesus is firmly and yet respectfully saying, "Uh, it's it's not my time. It's not my time. It's not the time for me to do some self-promotion. It's not my time. Now, the next thing that Mary says, I believe, would be a key to their future relationship. And she passes the test. I think their relationship changes at this precise point. Mary says to those around her, do just what he says. I'm not going to draw on some special bond or, or some privileged position of being his mum something much bigger is at play here and i do believe that it's time for us to review our relationship our relationship with jesus maybe we've known him for many years i know i've i followed jesus for many years cut my head off and count the rings it's been a long time <laughs> but has our relationship with him maybe become a little bit a little bit casual have we lost sight of the fact that, firstly, God is Lord, the mighty one? I believe the Holy Spirit is nudging us and reminding us that He is holy. We come to Him in vulnerability, don't we? That's a good thing. Now, this pandemic, it really has been rubbish, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah? Is anyone there? There's three of us here. <laughs> I think this pandemic has been rubbish. It's been horrible. And yet, it's, what's happened, though, is it's brought me to an end of myself. It's, it's seen me, I've revealed what's in my own heart. And to be honest, I haven't always liked what I've seen inside me. And I've had to, and I still do, simply sit quietly before the Lord, and I tell him about my anxieties and my fears. You worried about the petrol? Tell him about it. And I think God loves that. I think he loves it when we just sit with him and we share with him honestly from an honest, open heart. But I believe that we need to come to Jesus on his terms. Allow him to reveal any wrong motivation or sin that's in our hearts. And let Mary's declaration in verse 5 be ours. Whatever he says, do it. So getting Jesus involved, that changes everything. It changed everything for Mary, for the head waiter, for the bridal party, the disciples, the family, the community. Getting Jesus involved changes everything. Even now, just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Father, bring change. This heartbreak I have, bring change. Family, bring change, Lord. Now, in the right conditions, wine, water will turn into wine. You add fruit, you have the right temperature, yeast and so forth. Um, however, in this miracle, Jesus speeds up what is a natural process. And maybe today the Lord wants to speed up what is a natural process in a miracle in your life. Remember that water into wine and not raising the dead was Jesus' first miracle. So you might think, oh, well, well, my condition isn't exactly life-threatening. I couldn't really ask for a miracle. But maybe think again. We have a God of grace who delights to pour out his miraculous power. He loves to touch us and to heal us. Now, be encouraged because Jesus didn't limit one miracle to one place. In John 4, 46... We see Jesus returns to Cana in Galilee, where he raises an important official son from sickness. Now, people have been healed in this church, whether in the building or within the community, community, or as we heard last week, around the dinner table. And I believe that Jesus is here. I believe that he is still healing. I believe he is still performing miracles. Some quick, some not so quick. But asking Jesus to get involved is the key. So again, just present ourselves. Father, would you break in? Jesus, would you come and get involved in the situation, this circumstance? Back to the water jars. Well, they contained water for ceremonial washing. And there was an awful lot of it. There was about uh, 150 gallons of this dirty water. Now, I don't know what that is in in foreign. Was it in litres? 300 and something? I'll leave the technical people to work that out. But anyway, there was an awful lot of this water, this dirty water, and it was changed into the choicest and the best tasting wine. And that was verified by a wine expert. And Jesus, this Jesus who did that miracle, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's just say that quietly and slightly embarrassed about the person next to us hearing. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And now let's say it normally. We're not going to do a third one. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the word of God can speak that over your circumstance, your issue. Jesus is the same. We don't struggle with Jesus being the same yesterday. We don't particularly struggle with Jesus being the same tomorrow. But where the rubber hits the road is, is Jesus the same today? The Bible tells us today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. I believe Jesus is the same today. So what can I offer him? Well, to be honest, it's often pretty dirty water, (laughs) muddied by the stuff of life, disobedience, laziness, fear, selfishness, you know, pick your own list. But in the Old Testament, that's the front part of your Bible, there's a book called Two Chronicles. In chapter 29 and verse 16, we read a story about a king called Hezekiah. And uh, he was bringing about reforms to the nation of Israel because there'd been a lot of sin and disobedience around for a number of years. And he was seeking God, and that led him to get rid of the rubbish and make changes that that he'd inherited. And let's see if we can get that up. Yes, there we go. So it says here in 2 Chronicles 29, verse 16, it says the priests cleaned up the inner room of the temple and brought out into the court all the filth and decay that they found there. Now God is a loving, forgiving and gracious God. He's a good father, isn't he? He's a good father. He's a good God. But he's also righteous and he's also holy. And I believe that I can choose, we can choose to have a bit of a clear out. Just delay our lives before the Lord. Take a hoover round the inside and just say, Father, is there anything that you want to remove and I need to get rid of? But what does Jesus do? He empties out the contents and refills with living water. And then by his spirit he gives an overflow of new wine. The good news today the good news today is that Jesus can turn the dirty ditch water of our life into the finest and most satisfying of wines. Hallelujah. I think that's wonderful. Now I know that The only reason people come when I speak is because there's always a bag, and uh, the bag is here. So over the last few years, it's become quite trendy to come to church with your plastic bottle, isn't it, over the last 15 years and so forth, and also quite useful when you get dried out. Um, So normally by this time on a Sunday, the, the water bottle is half empty, and it's full of spit and snot and grot. And someone says, can I have a drink? You say, get your own bottle. So I just wonder if there's anybody here who's got half a bottle of water full of spit and snot that they would like to exchange with me. Do I have a Do I have a, I have a volunteer. Casey, would you like to come to the front? You can wave to the camera as well. Hello, Mum. Thank you, Rach. So here I have Casey's nice, snotty, grotty Bottle of water, and I would like to exchange that for oh dear, a lovely, clean, fresh, refreshing bottle of water. Bless you. I was going to say round of applause, but it's not the kids' talk, is it? So we can give Jesus. Now, what did what did you, what did he just say? What no. <laughs> you see <clears throat> we got a youth pastor we got a pastor here <clears throat> so what jake is saying i mean let's 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 say it in front of everybody. what Jake is saying that uh, Casey gave me a grotty old bottle of water, and all I gave her was a bottle of all I gave her was a clean bottle of water what well, what would Jesus do He gives so Casey, you better come back out here. There you go. One bottle of wine. Enjoy. <coughs> you can have the water. <coughs> Let's Beaujolais Nouveau because Jesus wants to give us new wine. Jake, get out here. <coughs> we, we don't agree with public caning. Bless you, my friend, for making that work without even knowing it. <coughs> we love Jake, don't we? <coughs> But this is what Jesus does, you know, you just give him the ordinariness of our life, the brokenness in our life, and just say, Jesus, take it. He doesn't only just refresh us with fresh water, but he gives us the wine of his spirit. And I think that's just fantastic. Now, coming back to Jake, he spoke at the beginning of this series many, many moons ago uh, from John chapter 21, and he encouraged us to get aside and have breakfast with Jesus. Anybody done that? Anyone get aside and have some breakfast with Jesus? And when Chris Walters was speaking, he was encouraging us to go north. You'll have to listen to the download. But again, it was about getting aside side with God. I just want to encourage us not to lose what was shared. But I also spotted something when Jake was speaking from John 21 that I've never seen before. So thank you so much. I'd never seen before in verse 2 of John 21. It says that Nathaniel came from Cana in Galilee. And if we look back at John chapter 1, before the wedding where Jesus turned the water into wine, we read about the calling of Nathanael. Philip comes to Nathanael and tells him all about Jesus. And he also mentions that Jesus comes from Nazareth. Now, rather than being thrilled about the Messiah coming, his prayers answered for freedom for his nation, he starts to moan and complain about the fact that Jesus comes from Nazareth. Here is a man who has been introduced to the Saviour of the world, and his first reaction is to be negative. <laughs> Sadly, I can be like that. I can be like that. I want Jesus, but I don't always like the packaging. Remember last week when Simon was speaking about our preferences? Some have a preference for this, some have a preference for that. But we're a body, and God is bringing us all together. Now, you might not like the way I preach. You might not like the way that worship is led by certain people. And I led worship for 25 years, and boy, do I know the feedback (laughs) when people don't like it. But you see, it's not about our preferences. I believe Jesus wants me and maybe some of us to lay aside our preferences, even prejudices, that we will see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. See, Jesus can offend us. Even in the Old Testament, he uses a prophet. Uh, he spoke to a prophet through a donkey. <laughs> and God doesn't always work, work the way we expect. You look at the story of Elisha and Naaman in, in the Old Testament, and you'll see he expected God to do it this way, but he had to do something humble. By doing something humble, he received what God had for him. So, do you need a miracle this morning? Need a miracle, big or small. I'm going to put two hands up because there's two things on my heart. Just encourage you again, just maybe you might like to just close your eyes. The end of the second service again last week, Simon encouraged us that God was opening up a conduit of connection between us and him. A new opportunity for intimacy with him, spirit to spirit. So Lord Jesus, I pray, would you open up that conduit, (laughs) that connection. Lord, we present ourselves to you and simply say, Lord, here I am. Would you come? Do whatever you want to do with me. We were praying last Sunday. Um, I had a picture, and uh, it was a picture of a couch. So I drew it. (laughs) And uh, I sensed the Lord was inviting me to come sit on that couch. And as I sort of clambered up, I sensed God wanted every one of us to climb up onto that couch. I looked again, and I saw in that couch there were words like healing. Miracles, refreshment, presence. So let me invite you to just clamber onto the couch with Jesus. Maybe later this afternoon if you get a quiet moment this week. Just find a chair, just sit down and just present yourself to God. Father, I pray that you would stretch out your hand to heal. That you would perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That we worship you. Breath of God, would you breathe upon us? Simon's alluded to it already earlier, but in the book of Ezekiel, we read the story of the valley of the dry bones. As the prophet speaks under God's direction, the bones come together and stand before the people, but there is no life in them. And God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. So, Father, I ask, would you pour out your spirit upon us? Would you breathe? Your breath into each one of us, Lord. I saw forty four says this: Do not fear my servant, and you whom I have chosen. Friends, you are chosen this morning, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground, for there is no rock beside our God. So just now as we come to a close, Father, we just present ourselves to you again and again (laughs) and again. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would continue the good work that you've started in each one of us. Thank you that we can come to you very broken. And you do not reject us. someone here and you've just felt so abandoned by God. But let me tell you, you're not abandoned by God. He loves you. And even this morning, he's seeking to draw you back just in simplicity. You're not abandoned. You are welcomed in. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more, or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WIT Riverside.